And we're back. Hey, I did it right. Say something. Me out, me. All right. That was Abiogenesis. That's the thing. <laughs> what was the other one? Octopodes. Octopodes, yes. Thank you. It's from like a month ago. Nobody knows what that is anymore. Yeah, only only the super regular listeners. Listen to the archives. Over at freetalklive.com. Uh, Captain's Log, start date 05012022. This is Free Talk Live. What are we? We are a radio show where you can call in and talk about anything. No topic is off limits. The only limits there are in this show is uh, don't say any of the seven words that uh, George Carlin so eloquently pointed out. Uh, the FCC frowns upon that. Uh, so, you know, none of the cussing, and you can't say the the, the P word either, as it turns out. the uh, It rhymes with this. Oh. <laughs> huh. That's one of the seven words. Um so well, if it's one of the seven, then you already can't say the seven. Right. But like that one seems like it's it's tame, right? It does seem tame. Yeah. Uh so we we've let that one slide a little bit, but my producers have let me know that it's one of the seven words. So uh we're just gonna refrain from So from, I can't refer to someone that. as being vatted off. Correct. Mm. Yeah, try try ticked or peed miffed. Or, or miffed. Or you know, other, off. otherwise, uh, yeah, we have yeah. miffed off. Uh, I, I've heard other broadcasters on national broadcasts, I think television and that kind of thing, say flipped off. So you that's know, something totally different. I know, but like you know, doesn't that really flip you off? It's like, wait, no. wait, no, it didn't give me the bird. It you ticked know, but, me off, maybe. Yeah, right. Yeah, so peed off. You know, right. PO'd. Right. You can you can acronymize. Hey, do you guys know what the acronymicon is? It's the evil book of acronyms. Mm. So okay. It's, it's like the Necronomicon, except for, you know, words. The oh, the T-E-B-A, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> the evil book of acronyms? Okay. Eba. Well, I mean, wouldn't it want to acronym itself? And it's fun the fact, E-boa. acronyms are all evil. Every single one of them. Is evil an acronym? For some things, yes. Every village is luxurious? I'm sure that there's a number of, like, comic book uh, uh, evildoers that use the acronym evil to mean a particular thing. Hey, speaking of acronyms, we've got one in our lead topic story for today. I'm a little surprised you guys weren't referring to all those um, court things last night as, like, DROs just to mess with people. Like libertarians. (laughs) Distributed rights organizations, yes. Hey, well, all we need is, like, DROs instead of courts. That'll, That'll solve it all. I mean, it's certainly one potential way. Well, and that was part of the argument is like, how useful is it to describe a, a, a free market version of this as a court or a court system? Right. Uh, so uh, my experience with normies is vast and uncompromised. Muggles. And Call them muggles. <laughs> muggles. Uh, so uh, it's very easy to confuse them by using the statist words to describe something in a non-statist uh, you know, potential uh, thing. Right? I just well, like shouting at them that it's not my job to centrally plan liberty. Well, it's nobody's job to central plan right. liberty, and I don't mean nobody, the co-host here on Free Talk Live. I mean, n- not any person. Uh, central planning of liberty just shouldn't, period. There shouldn't be a thing. Uh, and in fact, if you're out there listening and you believe that you know government gives you rights, well, you need to open a book Take a class, 
Look up where do rights come from on your favorite search God and engine. Your favorite distributed search engine. I don't know what, it, what I'm saying. Duck, duck, look it up, homie. Yeah, uh, there's other ones too. Okay. Uh, what's the other one? The the Brave. Uh, that's a the Brave browser, right? But doesn't it, doesn't it have its own built-in search? I don't use it, obviously, so okay. that's why I don't. I mean, know. my default I, is that's start actually page. that is my default. Uh, start page is uh, is a start decent page, one. Yep. Usually, if I can't find it on Brave, I'll go to PreSearch. Mm, yes, right. PreSearch is one that I've used. They do, they they do just a completely different way of searching for things, and yeah. it, uh, it's usually pretty good if the if the other ones aren't getting it for me. So uh, I mentioned the the acronym in our lead story tonight. It's IMF and while I like to think it stands for insane. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, your pronoun. Mofo. Yes. Yes, that is true. Yes. Wow. Uh, Throwbacks of his own. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mofo gets a throwback, a callback. Yes. Thank you. Mofo here in the studio. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, it, the IMF is involved in this particular story. Uh, the headline here from the Free Thought Project is, as inflation reaches record highs globally, that's right, globally, we've talked a whole bunch about the United States government and the Federal Reserve having printed trillions of dollars, something somewhere between 25 and 50% of all dollars that exist in the system have been created in the last two and a half years. And, and just a, a quick reminder, because like... I always struggle with like trillion, especially trillion versus a billion. Yeah. But uh, just a quick reminder. So a billion seconds is a week and a half or sorry, a million seconds is a week and a half. A billion seconds is like 32 years and a trillion seconds is longer than all of civilization. So that's how many dollars they did several of. Yes. And so that's just in the, but globally, the central banks, the, because the Federal Reserve is the United States Central Bank. Okay. And so other countries have their own central banks as well. And they've also been creating a whole bunch of money. I want to interject here very briefly because we talked a little bit about this uh, on my podcast yesterday. And what is your podcast called? The Anarchist Experience. There you go. Thank you. Um, but it was it was uh, about the you know new socialist president of Chile already running into problems. Mm-hmm. And there was a line in the, in the article that said, well, with, uh, you know, with inflation, like Chile's inflation is from uh, sources abroad. Like it's not their fault. Right. Yeah. And I was like, how can that not be their fault? Right. Like we as libertarians or anarchists, or whatever, we always define inflation as an increase in the money supply. Right. So if Chile is experiencing inflation, right, it's because like that government is increasing their own internal money supply. Right. It's not some. It's not a factor that has to do with what the United States is doing, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and or to, any other country. Yeah. And, and to uh, uh, be the translator between libertarian and statist here. Okay. So when a statist uses, especially the ones like on the Pocahontas news or uh, uh, or you know seeking or having office, uh, when they say inflation, they're talking about price inflation. Whereas, so uh, anyone who's familiar with. Uh, uh, Austrian economics, or as I call it, real economics. Right, yeah. Logical uh, economics. Like the one they that realize sense. that, okay, even if the price for something stays the same, but it could have been cheaper, that's already a form of inflation. So we talk about monetary inflation. Okay, very well. Right, which, uh, which is what I'm saying, right? Like, and if, if these other countries wanted to strengthen their economy against the U.S. dollar, 
wouldn't it behoove them to not inflate at all? Correct. It as would, the yeah. United States yeah. rapidly inflates the currency. The, like you can strengthen your local economy by just not inflating it against the U.S. dollar. Yeah, the, so like uh, one of the things that just happened, so like it was one bank after another that decided, okay, our, what are we going to do with our uh, our interest rates, right? And one after another is raising their interest rates except for China because they want the Chinese yuan to be weak against the dollar so that it's easier for us to purchase their stuff. Yeah. Okay. There are uh, some countries that do not have their own currency. They run on other nations' currencies. Okay. So in that respect, there are some probably smaller countries that don't have their own currency where they they are experiencing the effects of inflation because they run on, like, the dollar, for example. Okay. So, well, good reason to not do that, too, then. Uh, hello. Yes, indeed. Well, Stop why, tying it to the dollar. And that's why the ones who are switching to cryptocurrency are those cur- those uh, countries. Okay. And they're about to get offed by the CIA. So now we've laid the groundwork for the IMF and what banks do and what central banks are and what inflation is. The headline reads, as in inflation reaches record highs globally imf director admits we printed too much money you don't say <laughs> we've been saying that for well i take as long as free talk lives but on the radio well, so. and again definitionally that's the inflation yes you printed too much money yes that that is so is in no way shocking that the imf director would say it is literally unbelievable yeah they've been saying everything except this they've been saying oh it's transitory and no printing money no, doesn't cause you. inflation and it's, fault. Uh, and it's putin's fault yeah all of this stuff so we're gonna talk we'll get into this article we're gonna talk more about this here on free talk live 603-283-6160 Yes, we are back. It is Free Talk Live. And the telephone number is 603-283-6160. Very good. Bam, son. Nailed a it. A plus. Nailed, Nailed it. it. Richie Rich gets a gets a plus four on his uh, on his hit points because of his ability to recite the phone number here at Free Talk Live. Don't ask me to do it again. Okay. It's a bot moment right there. 603-283-6160. If you want to join us in the studio tonight, it is myself, the Lord, Dr. Reverend, Captain Kickass, Buckshot Esquire, if you will. Joining me tonight, Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, we <laughs> we we haven't really even got into it yet. We spent the whole first segment sort of laying groundwork about inflation and we're central teasing banking. The headline. And, That's what we and, do here. And, and the headline, of course, is as inflation reaches record highs globally, which is true. IMF director admits, "Whoops, we printed too much money." Now we've been telling. Everybody listening in Radioland here on Free Talk Live for a really long time that when the Federal Reserve prints a bunch of money, right? And printing isn't really actually what they do. They they create money out of thin air and add it to the existing money supply, right? To to that extent, the dollar is already digital. I like what uh, uh, the chairman of the Fed uh, called it. He said, "Digitally, we print it." Because yes. they were asking, it's like, well, do you just print money? And he says, well, most of it's done uh, uh, electronically, but uh, digitally we print it. 
So they, imagine that they just set up a computer, go like, all right, and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they literally add some zeros and go, yep, okay, it's been created. You have just been loaned ten thousand dollars. And and what happens when they create this money? They print this money out of thin air. Is it makes every dollar that you have in your bank account, in your wallet, uh, you know, tucked inside your jacket pocket that you'll only find next fall when you wash it again. Uh, it's going to make every dollar that you have worth less than it's worth now. Now, the dollar itself has been on a steady decline for uh, hundreds of years. <laughs> Zoom out on that chart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ever since with 1913 and, you know, the creation of the Federal Reserve just... St- st- it it's it's like it's like skiing the the K twelve. It's a downhill slope of treacherous uh, navigation. So at any rate, uh, we've been saying this that this is going to create inflation like we've never seen before. It, it's coming. Get ready, or you'll you know, see the effects of the inflation. Yeah, because the the integrate integrating the money itself is the inflation. Right, like that's it. And so. Everybody, as far as the government officials are concerned, all the representatives of the Federal Reserve have all said things that sort of to to like sort of poo poo our stance or right? Putin. It. It's or, Putin's or, fault. Or even Putin poo. Yes. <laughs> and I like that the first part of his name is poo. Okay, uh, you know, it makes for crappy jokes if you know what I mean. <laughs> Zing. Uh, so we've been saying that, you know, this is going to happen. Inflation, there, there's no way it can't happen when you create, you know, a third or more of the money supply in just a couple of years. Yeah, Prices and- are going to go up, right? You're, everybody's going to see the effects of it. Well, finally, somebody at, you know, of some, you know, government level says what we've been saying. I I still literally don't believe that this occurred. Well, let's let's find well, and, out. And I mean, like, the, it's it's wild because the official stance of the Federal Reserve is that printing money does not in any way lead to price inflation. Well, this oh. is worse than the Federal Reserve. This is the International Monetary Fund, or the insane exactly mugger friggers. This is like the central bank's central bank. It it, it really is. So this is, uh, there were two different articles on this. I just grabbed the, the first one. This is from the freethoughtproject.com. Mostly we get lies, spin, and obfuscation from central bankers, politicians, and bureaucrats, but every once in a while, one of these people accidentally wanders into the truth. Says the quiet part out loud. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. If you know what I mean. IMF Director Kristalina Georgieva, or if that's how you pronounce it, Georgieva, it's a weird name. KG. KG. acronym her too. Yes, IMF Director KG did just that. I don't want to call her KG because now I'm insulting uh, one half of Tenacious D. Oh, okay. And so that that doesn't seem right. I thought you were going to go sports wrong. Kevin Garnett. <laughs> like Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. IMF Director Kristalina Georgieva did just that during a recent panel discussion hosted by CNBC. She conceded that central banks globally, quote, printed... Too much money and didn't think of unintended consequences, unquote. No, they thought about it and they denied it. <laughs> they went, no, that's not going to happen. It, it was pointed out to them. If you print too much money, you're going to see inflationary effects. And they went, no, we've got this covered. They lied. What? They lied. The Federal Reserve and the government and politicians all the and other all their banks. cronies and all the other bankers. They, they, they what? They, no, they wouldn't lie. Why would they lie, Richie Rich? 
because that's what they do. Peakless, why would they lie? They don't. What they say is fundamentally true. And if you think that what they say is not true, then you are clearly a Putin agent. Or whoever it is that we're about to be at war with. Right, yes. Yemen. East Asia, Eurasia, I forget which one. We've always been at war. I mean, But whichever one it is, we have always been at war with. So I don't know if these are quotes, but these are italicized mini paragraphs, if you will. Uh, One says... I think we're not paying sufficient attention to the law of unintended consequences. We take decisions with an objective in mind and rarely think through what may happen that is not our objective. And then we wrestle with the impact of it. I believe these are quotes from this Kristalina Georgieva person. Uh, The second one reads, To take any decision that is a massive decision, like the decision that we need to spend to support the economy, At that time, we did recognize that maybe too much money in circulation and too few goods, but didn't really quite think through the consequences in a way that upfront would have informed better what we do. I'm not the brightest man in this room, and yet I knew that from the beginning. They shut (laughs) down production for all of COVID and handed out checks. I went, duh, you're going to have all that money, and no one's producing anything. This is not going to end well. You need production to keep up with it. And then continued and did it repeatedly. There were like three of these, I'm going to call them money injections into the system that were all in like $10, $20, $30 billion range, or trillion even, right? The the number is so high that like Snoop Dogg can't even comprehend how high it is, right? And now he's raising the interest rates by like a quarter of a percentage point and people are freaking out. And here in like two days, we're going to find out, is it a quarter of a percentage point or (gasps) half a percentage point? And it's like, (laughs) dude, you needed to raise this back then in 2020 when you handed out all this money. They and, and they're not going to. They can't. If, if they raise it too high, it's going to tank the, the consumer. Oh, which is going to happen. Are it, we already not on track? And that's that? I mean, that's when on. the money printers go back on. Money printer go. Well, at the moment, they've, they've, slowed, they've, they've stopped accelerating the money printer. For now. For now. They, they, they're going to read this article, and they're still not going to do what's right. 603-283-6160. Uh, do you think they printed too much money? Give us a call. Let us know. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com
Yes, we are. We're also front and side. Front, back, side to side. This is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. If you'd like to join us, we're talking about this article from the Free Thought Project. The IMF director says, we printed too much money. Like, no S, Sherlock. What tipped you off, Einstein? What was your first clue? Like They're finally seeing the effects of their handiwork. So in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Beakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. Uh, I, before we get back into this story, uh, the whole uh, ad on the end of, of my long intro, my name's uh, Buckshot Esquire, if you will. That actually, I, I stole that. I plagiarized, if you will. If you know what I'm saying. From uh, a former bandmate of mine whose stage name was Eugenius, the human pump handle slamming machine, Buckshot Esquire, if you will. Nice. So I just took the, the tail end of that and added it to mine because I thought, sure, why not? I could use a Buckshot Esquire, if you will. <laughs> right? And if you will isn't really like an official like, you title You don't have to purchase a square foot of land for that title. No, uh, you just <laughs> say it and it's official. Although, uh, Esquire is actually an official title that means you're a lawyer. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun. Uh-oh. Better go buy, but you better go buy the twenty dollar law degree. Suddenly goes, huh? What is the probability of my getting sued over using Esquire? Uh, Does that mean he can now give out legal advice? No, uh, <laughs> no. Actually, I can use you can, it. Can but I really would recommend against. Actually, it. I can use it without fear because uh, the the defense, of course, is fair use. Right, uh, as a comedian, as a parody artist, uh, everything that I do, if it could be conceived that it violates copyright. Uh, can be defended in court under fair use because fair use allows for satire, first and foremost, comedy, uh, education, uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. I don't remember the whole list, but the ones I'm concerned with, of course, is satire, comedy, education. Uh, Those purposes will generally allow you to use. This is why uh, your local television station can replay like the highlights of the NFL football game without getting sued because fair use. They get to report on it. So like news is one of the exceptions for fair use as well. Now the state's going to require a license to be a parody artist. That's hmm. all your I mean, so they yeah. already kind of do. What's really disturbing to me about being a parody artist and um uh, if any of you out there have listened to my parodies over at uh, lordkickass.com uh you might notice that my work doesn't appear in the usual places you're not going to find it on spotify you're not going to find it on itunes there's a reason for that and that's because it is insanely difficult to get even in this day digital distribution for parody music the the distributors themselves i could write a brand new song get it distributed overnight Right, I could have a new song on iTunes, like you know, in two days or whatever it is. Uh, but a parody song, it doesn't qualify as a cover, so you can't just like license it as a cover and then you know they get a cut and you get a cut and everybody's happy. It doesn't work like that. Uh, it, the only way it can be distributed is through a distributor that's willing to take the risk of being sued. And generally speaking, you win the fair use. A defense in court but you have to use it at like you have to go to court yeah the company has to first get sued and then you have to go to court and then you have to invoke the defense for it to be successful you can't just up front go hey uh this is a parody for fair use uh and so 
a couple of my parodies have had videos made and put on YouTube and that kind of thing. And so the first thing you see when you click play on my videos is section blah, 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 title, blah, 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 of the U.S. code, blah, blah, blah. This is a parody under fair use or whatever, right? Nice. Some quote that I put in there just to keep people from commenting on, you stole the... There's so many people that don't know. Like that you can make fun of a song and publish it and it's just fine and that, you know, uh, you know, Bob Seger's not going to sue you, right? Or hopefully, generally speaking, right? Uh, and if they do, then you're just going to be like, look, I'm, I'm not even making any money on this thing. And like, also, I'm a, con- I'm a comedian. So here, fair use, bro. Anyway, tangent on fair use stuff. You don't say. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of wish we had a civilization where we let people say things. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be wild? Yeah. yeah. So at any rate, we've been talking about this article from the Free Thought Project talking about the IMF director admitting that they printed too much money. Uh, how this economic brain trust missed... Hmm, that's a poorly worded sentence. How this economic brain trust failed to consider that injecting trillions into the economy would cause prices to rise is a bit of a head-scratcher. Well... Again, like, this is actually what their models tell them. Like, they follow Keynesianism and most especially super Keynesianism, which is modern monetary theory. And they're like, oh, it's modern. That means it's better than all this stuff you know. And if you don't think what monetary modern monetary says, then you're an idiot. And one of the things that it says is that printing a bunch of money doesn't cause prices to go up. The author of this says, This is Economics 101. Expanding the money supply pushes prices higher than they otherwise would be. I knew this would happen. Peter Schiff knew this would happen. Heck, you probably knew this would happen. But the people charged with running the global economy didn't? So you don't get Keynesianism in Econ 101. That's like 300-level courses right there. Before they change it up on you, go like, well, it's really more like this. All that stuff you learned in first year econ, well, throw it out the window. Well, and here's the thing: if you if you look at the data, they've actually tested people's economic knowledge before and after taking college courses on <laughs> economics, and they actually know less after they're done with these courses than before they take them. Ah, uh, the effects of public schools. No, no well, or I mean, college. this is college level. Oh, even even that, well, and and you're paying for the privilege of learning less. Yep. <laughs> Don't worry, the loans will be forgiven. And by forgiven, <laughs> by forgiven, I mean redistributed to all the taxpayers. Well, you know, the, the loans will be forgiven in the sense that we're going to print so much money that the $50,000 you just spent will just be like two hours worth of work. Well, not if wages don't increase, which they haven't. They have. No, they haven't. Just not nearly as much as prices. <laughs> if, if the, if, let's just go by the official numbers. If inflation is around 8%. <laughs> Eight and a half. Right. Real wages have not gone up, but Real the fight for 15 people are sort of up. getting their way, at least around here. Well. Yeah, yeah well, and that's the thing. Uh, real wages have been flat. Like, right. actual wage-type wages have been flat since the 70s. I know a person who um, is a uh, was a uh, stay, stay-at-home mom. Okay. And, uh, you know, that, that all ended, and so they had to go get a job. And they're very excited to be making $16 an hour at an entry-level position. That's what I'm saying. But, like, little do they know that, like, that's the equivalent to, like, 8 bucks an hour, you know, 10 years ago. Right. So the fight for 15 <laughs> people got their way because a lot of entry-level positions have been pushed up into that range. Um, but because of these inflationary policies, yeah. it, it wipes it all out. 
I it remember, doesn't even matter. I remember in the in the late eighties, uh, some some people that I knew were having a discussion, uh, an argument, if you will. They were they were trying to one up each other. A couple of dudes, you Whoop. know, trying to you know, oh, I did better than you. I did better than you. And they were one guy was talking. About, he's like, oh yeah, well, I went to the, the ITT tech school for one year and I got out and I'm already making twenty five k. And the other guy went, well, I didn't go to school at all. And I'm making 24K, so there, right? You know, and this yeah. was their argument. But this, you know, and like now you're like, really, you're going to argue about that right. much money? Like this, you know, come on. Well, and the thing that actually pushes wages up is that a whole bunch of people have just said, yeah, I'm not going to do these wage jobs. Like uh, as far as a good chunk of the population, they've found out, hey, if I just flash my body on the Internet, I can get money at my own schedule. And also, you, you have to, be, to have the body for it. Yep, yep. That's well. So there's that. Uh, there's a, a whole lot of people <laughs> that just only stayed fans. on welfare because you had to register for welfare in order to, you know, survive the pandemic. So a bunch of people went, "Oh, that's not hard. Um, what, what's on your paperwork? Oh, yeah, I can qualify for this, this, and this." So they're not going back to work. Yeah, like that's I'm, what pushed up real, like uh, uh, the minimum wage, if you will. I'm generally in support of the anti-work movement because of these inflationary policies. Yeah. 603-283-6160 is the number. What do you think about inflation? Is it affecting you? Are you seeing prices rise? Have you been paid more by your employer? Did you seek other employment because you could get more wages? Let us know. More Free Talk Live coming up. We're back. Yes, we are back. It is Free Talk Live. The live call-in radio station. Radio station. We're a station now, guys. I just Woo! declared it. No. We're a radio program. <laughs> the dream has come true. <laughs> We're, We're a radio... not a station. If you call the station to try to get back at us, it will not work. We're a radio program carried by radio stations where you can call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. 603 603- Two eight three six one six zero is the telephone number. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain, Peakless Mountaineer, and Richie Rich. Uh, let's go to your calls and thoughts. We've got Joe calling from New Jersey. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live. Gentlemen, good evening. How are you this e- today? Okay, everything going all right? Uh, we are here. We're alive. What's on your mind? I'm a little ist off at the yeah. moment. Well, I, I appreciate the, giving me the time here. I just wanted to give you a call. I'm listening to what you guys are saying, and I, I really think that this is the, uh, this is really the demise of where we're going. The dollar, as far as uh, they're going to try to raise the interest rates probably in, as much as they can over the next few months, and then we'll go into the recession, mm-hmm. and then they'll start to cut the rates again. And we'll start looking at uh, back to zero and possibly more stimmies going out next year. <laughs> Stimmy. Great. So, hey, yep. you know, hey, Joe, I, I read something uh, today, and uh, I haven't even talked to these guys in the studio about it. I read something today that said uh, the housing market during the Great Depression, uh, like the, the difference between wages and affordability was measured at something like f- uh, 30% three percent right so that was sort of the difference between like whatever entry-level wages were and the ability to buy a house and that today it's even worse like the difference between entry-level wages and the ability to buy a house is even worse than it was in the depression have you heard anything about that 
Yeah, yeah. I, I also heard that the uh, the market, really, the first four months of this year can be compared to the beginning of 1939, which mm-hmm. was really the second leg of the Depression. So we're almost replicating that decade in a lot of ways. Oh, so yeah, the that European was, that was, one was the, coming. Yeah, one of, the, one of the news that came out was that we have already had an economic contraction in just the first quarter of this year, and, like, <laughs> we ain't seen nothing yet. Like, all of this, uh, all of the difficulty getting uh, fertilizers and oil and all of that, like, we're going to see a huge crunch when it comes to uh, harvest time this year. Most folks are going to be spending money for uh, heating, and food, energy. So that's where a lot of the uh, income is going to be going. And stocks like Amazon and are going to start seeing hits because they're just not going to be doing the extraneous purchases. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Bezos lost like $13 billion in a couple of hours the other day. But, but think about this. Now, if we go back into a mode where we're down to zero rates, and of course, then they're doing the stimu- stimulus checks again. Now we're we're monetizing this uh, balance sheet. We're this, the Fed's at what nine trillion? I think they knocked off seventeen billion last week. Big deal. <laughs> and uh, so, I was nowhere that they had uh, allowed that to go down at all. I thought it was just sort of like uh, staying stable. Well, they're just not in there purchasing as many uh, treasuries as they were. So, you know, the rates were up a little on the auctions, on Treasury Direct, but not much. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's that. one of the biggest stories out right now is the, the whole Treasury uh, uh, desire. Because, like, now that the U.S. has said Russia is not allowed to have all of this money that was in American banks, none of the other countries are quite as happy about buying our treasuries because they're like, oh, you mean if I buy your treasuries, you might just decide you don't like what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, for France, that's not a big issue, but it sure is for, like, you know, Pakistan or uh, Iran. You know, they're, they're like, ooh. Well, what's it going to take for you to decide I don't have this money? Right. Invading another country. Yeah. Well, and and, and without with, without someone to buy these treasuries, they can't print the money. So they they buy them themselves and that's uh, one of the things that they've like they've they've they're keeping the money printer at a steady hum by not buying more treasuries. Okay. Yeah, monetizing the interest and uh, you know you can possibly look at down the pike of course we're the world reserve currency but down the pike you could be looking at some type of you know modified hyperinflation yep. which is really where I wanted to take you guys a little bit in, into this area too where I think this kind of plays into this digital currency mm. I mean this might be the out we're running the credit card up paying off student loans paying you know basically doing whatever we can, but at some point they're going to realize that we go to the digital currency as a formal devaluation and everything gets reset at that time. Maybe the IMF comes in with their special drawing rights and backs the currencies. Maybe that's the plan to have a you know, basket of currencies around the world with the IMF being the World Bank back in all the central banks. So just kick it up a- a level. I I, so, I might I might agree with you in that assessment if it weren't for cryptocurrencies existence already. There's no way that banks can create a digital currency that is that is better or more effective than even the uh, the stable coins 
that that are that already exist the ability to convert you know say bitcoin or monero or any of the other cryptocurrencies into something that is pegged to the US dollar already exists and has existed for quite some time for governments and banks to catch up to that curve i think they they'd lose that race i don't even know, i don't even know if they need it right just think about transactions that most people have on a daily basis yeah most of it is not Physical paper, Federal right. Reserve notes, right. handed to and fro. Yeah, the dollar right. is largely digital. It's already. largely digital already. Um, so you know, in early early days, talking about Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, you know, people go, "Well, what happens if the internet goes down and never comes back?" You but, have a whole different set of problems. Well, but to, to what I told them is like, how much cash do you have in your pocket? Because if that happens, your bank account is wiped out too. Oh, yeah. Right? There's no record of that that exists, you know, in paper form anywhere. Yeah. Although there is some good news on that front. Uh, I recently had an article that I had for show prep. I don't know where it is right now. It's on the desk somewhere. But uh, it's not the first time. But um, uh, Doge, the cryptocurrency, was successfully transmitted over the radio. Okay. Ah, nice. Right? Using radio waves. Now, you still need to have, like, a computer. Sure. To fire it up and like look at it, but like it was transmitted successfully. So. Yeah, and and that's one of the things that uh, people don't realize about this is like they're like, oh well, it's it's internet money, and it's like, well, no, the internet is uh, is something that makes it a lot more effective. Yes, yeah. but like we could be doing this with dice and pigeons. It just would take a real long time. Well, you, and what I'm saying is, your dollars, your Federal Reserve notes, is already internet money too, right? Hey Joe, thanks for the call. We appreciate it's, it. It's you know a bank tra- an ACH transfer from here to there, a credit card transfer where they increment your your you know they debit yours and they credit the other side, yeah. and it's just it's all in the ether already. Yeah, the difference between a central bank government digital currency and a cryptocurrency is that the central banks and the governments can't counterfeit cryptocurrency. Right. Yep. That is the difference. And so, you know, people are like, well, what difference is cryptocurrency going to make because there's a rubber blah on the digital dollar? And that's the difference. The difference is the governments can't counterfeit it. They can't print it out of thin air, deflating your purchasing power, making whatever units of currency you choose to transact in worth less than they were. The, the fact is that if you were born 40 years ago and you had $10,000 in cash and you thought, I'm going to do what grandma did and I'm going to keep that 10000 in cash under my mattress. Don't ever do this, by the way. In don't, a jar buried in the but, backyard yeah, under you know, the oak tree. Right? Uh, the fact of the matter is that $10,000, whenever you buried it in the backyard or stuck it under the mattress, is worth roughly minus nine times... Right. What it was then. Like you could have almost bought a house for ten grand forty years ago, whereas you can't even buy a new car for ten grand today. And that's the other problem with that idea is it incentivizes people now to spend the money quicker right. because it's going to be worth worth less in the future. Right. right. The the incentive to save is gone and getting worse the more they inflate the currency. Well, yeah. and that's why these that's why these interest rates matter is because the only way that you can actually save faster than the inflation is going is by having these interest rates getting more out of it than you were putting into it. Well, and you have to take more risks by entering into cryptocurrency markets or stock markets right? because it's the only thing that you may get a better return than leaving it in a bank where you're going to lose money on an interest rate lower than inflation. Mm-hmm.
And and just a, a quick note, I think that October, there's going to be some major move in the direction of uh, central bank digital currencies. It's uh, when everyone's supposed to get back to Biden on uh, the whole uh, cryptocurrency problem, mm. and uh, it's right before the election, so I think uh, I think we're, we're going to see something interesting. Then. 603-283-6160. Coming up in hour number two, we're going to get into a potential bill that will double your income tax if you're not vaccinated. Yes, we are back. Welcome back. Let's get back to the show. The show will be starting again now. It's hour number two of Free Talk Live. The telephone number, if you'd like to pipe in, join us in the conversation, is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Lord Reverend Captain Kickass, Bigless Mountaineer, and Richie Rich. Uh, during the last segment, we we started talking, or we at least mentioned cryptocurrency. And I want to remind you that Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. You can go there now and click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find all sorts of valuable information neatly organized to suit your needs. There's no longer any excuse to ignore this very important and world-changing information. If you're already knowledgeable about crypto, you can check out news.bitcoin.com to keep track of all the latest headlines and news that's relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source for everything crypto, like getting a wallet, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news on a very slick and very easy-to-use website. Please visit Bitcoin.com. All right. So we're going to move from sort of economics talk and uh, talk of the IMF director mentioning we printed too much money or admitting finally uh, after. Ju- just before we do that, I, I just want to briefly mention that uh, on the third, uh, there whatever the heck the, the Federal Reserve says is going to cause possibly nothing at all or possibly like a huge swing in the uh, the stock prices. So just a heads up for everyone. You're there. talking like the third, like two days from now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. May the third? May yeah. the third. May yeah. the third so be with you. Either either it will be what the market expects to happen, in which case nothing will happen, or it will be less than they expect, in which case there will be a huge boom in stocks, or it will be more than they expect, in which case there will be a huge bust in stocks. Is it uh, worth mentioning May Day today, since it is? May Day, May Day! I don't, I've never understood May Day. International Workers' Day, also known as Labor Day in some countries, and often referred to as May Day, is a celebration of laborers and working classes that is promoted by the international labor movement and occurs every year on May Day, 1st of May. Don't we already have Labor Day? Why are we we celebrating international holidays? This is America. Well, I mean, I, I didn't say we we're celebrating. I just said we we're mentioning. <laughs> oh, okay. It says, While it may belong to a tradition of spring festivals, the date was chosen in 1889 for political reasons by the Marxist International Social Congress. Well, then let's not celebrate Marxism. Which met in Paris and established the Second International as a successor to the... Anyway, uh, it's a day when workers like to do things like strike 
uh, you know, that kind of thing. We were talking off air during the when the, the proletariat the will rise there. up against the bourgeoisie, right? Yeah, and yeah. seize the means of production. We must throw our bodies on the levers and all that kind of thing. So, anyway, if you celebrate May Day in any way, shape, or form, happy May Day. All right. Well, and, and I do want to say that I I think that one of the things happening right now is we are fundamentally shifting the way in which business is done. So like the, the uh, coming into existence of de, uh, decentralized autonomous organizations, mm-hmm. I, I think that it's one of those technologies that will completely replace corporations as we know them. Let's hope so. Yeah, because I mean, right now we have this sort of like Roman Empire model of business where like there's this very structured, rigid hierarchy and those tend to be very, very slow to move, slow to change. And and people are very dissatisfied as employees because they don't, you know, like give, like if you want maternity leave, right. then you can't get it. Uh, whereas with a decentralized autonomous organization, if you want to work less... Okay. Yeah. Do you want to work more? Okay, you'll get more. I believe uh, Ian had mentioned uh, that Eric Voorhees, uh, the founder of Shapeshift, Mm -hmm. uh, that also absorbed uh, the company KeepKey, that's a hardware crypto wallet company, Mm -hmm. um, that they've turned their organization into a DAO. Right. And so... Uh, that results in some really good things for the people, and that's they can set their own hours for you know. I mean, depending, right? Like if you're doing customer service work, generally you have to, you know, have some sort of a set schedule kind of a thing. But for everybody else, it creates all sorts of cool things. Like you can just like leave for a while and then come back if you mm-hmm. want to, or not, or right. what you know. There's all sorts of cool things that can result from you being considered a part of the DAO, not necessarily as an employee, but like in that type of a role, in an employee type of a role. So I'm already on record as saying even when we abolish corporations Mm -hmm. as a government construct, there will still find a way to organize like a corporate structure in that hierarchical sense. There will be some, I'm sure. There will be some. And I, so well, I don't and think I mean, we're going to get rid of that. I mean, like uh, we were talking during the break about like uh, being pro-union versus being in favor of what they've become under the government structure. Right. And the same thing with like there's absolutely going to be companies in a free world. There's just not well, yeah. going to be corporations. Right. 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 So just uh, think uh, I always come back to the Sanford and Son reference. Right. Uh, you, you guys know what i'm talking I'm about i'm familiar with it i don't know the it's a sitcom from uh, the 70s or whatever yes. where uh a guy sanford and his son, sanford yeah. and his son they own a junkyard it's called sanford and son the junkyard it's it's their business that's yeah thank you that's how they make their money and uh, this used to be very common it used to be that somebody would create some sort of a business uh and it would be a uh, what's commonly known as a sole proprietorship right sure. where it's you know richie riches you know drug emporium or whatever right and so, and then you had some kids or whatever, and your kids would grow up, and then you would just leave the business to your kids if they wanted it, you know, or somebody else or whatever. But it was always, there was never any sort of corporate structure to it. Uh, it was always sort of a, a sole proprietor or a family business, that type of thing. And it was based on your reputation Got it. as a person, not as whatever legal protections you could buy. You know, particularly from the government or from insurance companies right. and that kind of a thing. But as far as structure is concerned, I don't think Sanford and Son could manage an international airport. Uh, no, but they could certainly become Sanford and Son 
national. They could make uh, franchises, right? Sure. Oh, it, this uh, this junkyard over in uh, you know Wenatchee, Washington, uh, it looks like it's having a hard time. Why don't we give them some money? Uh, we'll institute our business practices and lend them our reputation and make them a franchise of Sanford and Son. And so now that carries, and so you could see them expanding and becoming uh, larger than they are. But then the proletariat will look at Sanford and Son and say, look at that bourgeoisie rent-seeking. Were they getting paid just for the name on the on the marquee? They get a cut just because their name is on, just because that junkyard is, what are they doing to make that junkyard any money? Well, but it's Mr. Sanford, of course, on. would be the ultimate one who suffers if it, if it well, goes wrong. Well, and that's the that's thing. True. So this is a terribly important thing that people on the left almost never notice is that risk is valuable. What they're doing is they're taking the risk because that's their name. That name will always be associated with their physical bodies. And and business people, prior to, you know, the the largesse of corporatizing all businesses, business people used to be less apt to take risks because they knew they would risk their livelihood, their family's livelihood, any other, you know, sort of thing that they've lent their reputation too they'd be risking all of that so they were less likely to take major risks and do all of the things that these corporations do now because they enjoy this government protection of a corporation and what one other quick thing regarding the daos or the the autonomous organizations yeah um again not necessarily against it but it's it's not it's not conceptually new because there used to be a thing called results only work environment Right. Row. We don't care. Wh- row. Yep. Right. We don't care where you work from. Yep. We don't care how off, how long you work. We don't care what you're doing. Yep. Like your job is to get this done. Right. And as long as you get that done, that was also known as that was also known as piecework back in the day. Could right. We'll, we'll pay you by the task. Right. Sure. Uh, we need you to complete 500 of the same task. Right. For 500 different people, you know, for example, right. and we'll pay you 100 bucks for each thing that you get done. They need to be done by this time. Well, but it, between now and then, you get to decide when to do them yeah. and how many to do in a day, what hours you want to work during that day to get them done. As long as you get them done, we don't care. Well, right. that's basically a gig, right? Yes. Well, and uh, a lot of it's you said we used to have. No, we still have a lot of that. I mean, like if you're a computer programmer, that's pretty much how you do that. And and it's those kind of jobs that are what have enabled us to do this, like uh, not going to work anymore movement or whatever you're calling it. Right. But what I'm saying is the DAO isn't necessarily a new concept, just a new implementation of an old idea. Agreed. 603-283-6160. Coming up, will you have to pay double your income tax if you're not vaccinated? More Free Talk Live is next. Well done. Well said. Couldn't have done it better myself. This is Free Talk Live. It's the Sunday night edition. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Beagles Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. The telephone number here in the studio is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 if you'd like to join us. Uh, We've been talking about economics, the economy, printing of money. The IMF director has admitted that uh, we printed too much money. 
which is completely true. Uh, we've met, briefly mentioned uh, May Day because it's the May first today. I I, I want to be the IMF director now. I, I mentioned that's all it takes. I mentioned May Day not necessarily because I think it's you know a thing that should be, but because uh, I did an Easter Sunday show and I didn't even mention Easter, and I feel like I should have. Happy Easter, everyone! And so it's a little late now, but sure, you know. Uh, and to get it out of the way, Happy Mother's Day, whenever that is. Right? It's Just never say you're one of those time. religious traditions that counts it differently. It's it's still it's still Easter. It's, it's never an inappropriate I, time to celebrate have, the resurrection of Christ. I had and have good point. many things to say about Easter, but the one thing that I would have said had I realized it was Easter Sunday on the day... Who's got the eggs? Is, oh. No, I would have said, as I like to do on Christmas, I would have said, hey, uh, if you're listening and you are a child, the Easter bunny is not real. It's your parents. It's fake. They're lying to you. And so that's, you know... On what, what I, day would, would you mention said. the Tooth Fairy? Because there's no, like, Tooth Fairy Day. I mean, any day is really a good day to mention okay. the tooth fairy. It's also fake. It's a lie. It's your parents. It's, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Anyway, let's go to your calls and thoughts. <laughs> let's go to Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Do you believe in the tooth fairy? Oh, happy Mother's Day, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I'm gonna... To the three well, gentlemen the in the studio. Is... Wait, in my case, it would she's be happy gonna... Mofo's Day. So. Well, she's going to get a bunch of presidents from my network company. I get my shipment set straight to her, you know? Okay. So so she likes body washes, so she's going to get a bunch of those. So anyways, but I wanted to mention about the May Day. Oh, okay. So this is the worldwide communist holiday, you know that, right? Proletariat. You guys are talking about the word proletariat um, bourgeoisie, I mean, right? Don't, don't communists not believe in holidays? Because you don't get yeah, but, a day off when you um, work in the fields. Well, this is a big celebration. So, did this holiday start in Chicago? It's a, I thought I thought it, they had a week, big revolt. It started in America or something. During is that is that what happened? And then like five people got killed, hung, or what? I don't know what. Okay, so this is, is from uh, Wikipedia. May Day is a European festival of ancient origins marking the beginning of summer, usually celebrated on May 1st, around halfway between the spring equinox and summer solstice. That's the origins of it. Uh, as far as uh, the communist holiday that you're speaking of, uh, we had mentioned that being International Workers' Day, also known as Labor Day, spelled with the useless U in it, L-A-B-O-U-R Day. The proper spelling. Yes, and I don't, I'm not familiar sort of with the history of Labor Day. Uh, there there have been many, you know, sort of protests, strikes, and that type of a thing by workers that have occurred on May Day. Uh, and so that's probably what you are referring to. It's symbolic. Yes. Wait, wait. And then I, like I faintly remember, I was told that it was a big post that we, protest that was in America. And then I think five people, no, no, they winded up like killing a couple of police officers or injuring them. And then five people were picked out and they were hung. And then this holiday somehow got mixed up with a, a May Day and it's celebrated all over the world. And especially in France, that's where they had the first communist revolution. Uh, France is very much socialist communist country. And Macron got elected, and that explains for their health care. They get that free health care, and 
it's pretty much socialist country. Mm. And so I was told that Italy has turned left and turned towards communism that way, socialism. So, I mean, to um, to the extent that uh, socialism, uh, you know, has permeated, well, everything. I mean, the United States is far more socialist, far more communist than right? than the USSR was in the mid-80s during the height of the Cold War. Those people running mm. the USSR at that point, if they could see what the United States has become today and all of the tracking and the surveillance and the socialized everything... Well, they'd probably they take would, credit for it. They, they would be like, oh my gosh, it's really working! Our plan worked. Yes. So, uh, to that extent, uh, there is some truth to what you say. Infiltrate and conquer. Right, right, but you know what the big problem is? But here's the big problem: is like very few people. The big problem, to the of course, Communist is Party. The, no. The big problem, of course, is the organization known as government, and uh, that it only uses one method to get its way, and that is violence. That is coercion, force. Right. That that's the only tool that they have at their disposal. They don't do anything voluntarily. They don't. Nothing. Nothing they do is voluntarily done. Zero. Zilch. Nil. None. No, but, but, but my, the average person is that what, whatever they get, free health care, um, and this It's not free. Somebody pays uh, for it. Doctors don't okay, just volunteer the their it's time. stolen health care. Yes. Okay, that we distribute... It wasn't distributed. It's of, not like uh, someone said, you get a million dollars and you get five. It was created but the thing about it is that and then stolen and... But it's, it's communism, it's socialism, but most people that are involved with this program that benefit from it, they think it's capitalism because they have uh, the propaganda, they control the media, they don't know that it's communism, they don't know that it's socialism. And people that benefit, like I know that it's socialism, I get Medicaid, well, no, I get disabilities. There's no part of our medical system that is capitalist in any way, shape, or form outside of like uh, cosmetic surgeries, honestly. Uh, I care, generally speaking. Right, uh, you can. Well, you're, you're, you know, forty-nine dollar uh, check up at Walmart. Aid. I'm sorry. What? No, the hearing aid is a, it's capitalist because it's extortion. Okay, because they, they don't even the hearing aid is like a thousand five hundred. What really that are good? That doesn't and make they it extortion. I don't know how much they take. I mean, because the, it's the profit. It's a capitalist greed of the hearing aid companies that will not let you no, pay for one hundred fifty. They serve a limited market. They serve a limited market, and they have to do all that research and development to make them smaller, better quality, fits yeah, and, more comfortable in your ear. And one of the myths is the idea that they get to set the prices. They don't get to set their prices. No. If they got to set but their it, prices, they would charge them, one Googleplex dollars for each unit. They don't get to but set those prices. About, you do. Well, look at it. And it's the same thing with the insulin company. The president, they're trying to make it a cap. You should not charge more than $100 per month for anybody. Look, if you want cheap and insulin, insulin then pull the regulations off of producing it. Right. The thing that makes the medical, whatever, insert medical thing here, the thing that makes it so expensive is the enormity of the bureaucracy of compliance that government forces these companies to do. I was uh, employed, uh, I had a temp job at a medical manufacturing company where they made a product that literally cost $49, but retailed for over $2,000. Not because they were greedy and profit-driven, but because they had to pay to maintain all the compliance. Thanks for the call, Sarah. We appreciate it. 603-283-6160. Coming up, we will get around to talking about this potential bill doubling your taxes. 
we're back. And? What do you mean, and? That's what I said, and. What, what was the thing before, and? We were at break. Oh. And now we're back. And we're back. Okay. All right. Let's, let's clarify the and okay. portion yeah. of your of your re-intro. It, it also implies that there was something before, yes. and we're back. We're going to talk about whether or not your taxes will double if you aren't vaccinated. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, if we get around to it. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> Depends on how many tangents we go on between now and when we get around mm. to that. But how many cosines do we go on? <laughs> cosines? Instead of a tangent? Are you going to, like... It was a math joke. you going to put your name down on, like, a mortgage for me or something? It was, a, tri- ah. it was a trigonometry joke. Trigonometry directly into I, contract law. I was I was told there would be no Clearly math. Clearly we're the popular kids. I was told, you did not get the memo. I was told there'd be no math. When the smart guy <laughs> sits in the chair, there's going to be smart guy talking. Sometimes that includes math. I, I would, however, like to point out to anybody that's old enough to have taught uh, grade school and middle school and, well, even high school. Calculator uh, in my pocket, sucker. <laughs> yeah. They used to all say... <laughs> You have to learn this math because there's no way you'll ever be able to carry a calculator with you wherever you go. Well, turns out there's one in my pocket. There's one in your pocket. There's one in everybody's pocket. I wherever remember you when my go. watch disproved them. We went to the carnival last night and I calculated how many coupon tickets we were going to need before I went and bought them. I'm like, okay, we need like 481 to make it through the end of the night. We're buying that much and then we're done. Because you know why? Because I had a calculator in, in my, my pocket. pocket. <laughs> 603-283-6160 is the telephone number here in the studio. If you'd like to join us, your calls are welcome. Phones are open. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. Beakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. All right, fine. I guess we'll we'll talk about this. Since you guys didn't call in, uh, we'll know, do the article. You guys, <laughs> run, you guys run out of stuff to tangent me on. Uh, th- oh, that's the same article we talked about in the first segment. Uh-oh. All right, here we go. Uh, there were also a couple articles about this. I just grabbed Zero Hedge because I like mentioning that it was written by Tyler Durden. Yep. Who writes everything for Zero Hedge. Is it great. one guy or is it that's just a collective name for multiple writers? The answer uh, is Satoshi uh, Nakamoto. Okay. Insert shoulder shrug here. Uh-huh. Uh, this was posted today and the headline reads, New COVID bill fines parents for unvaxxed kids. And doubles income taxes. That'll end well. <laughs> Carrot and stick. You could have taken the free I, donut. Now your taxes are doubling. I, and to some extent, this, you know, like most headlines, it's a little bit sensationalized. We'll get into the meat of what this actually is. But even like with what it actually is, it's still super absurd. Yeah. That, uh, you know, you... Anybody out there listening, if you think representatives of the organization known as government are on your side or they're there to do some sort of good for you, they're not. They're absolutely not. We talked about this a little bit during the break, right? You had the opportunity to get vaccinated on your own. You could have voluntarily done it and got vaccinated. Could have. And then you wouldn't have been forced. Could have even gotten paid for it. But but, but because you didn't want to do it voluntarily, now the government's going to make you do it. Or else. The article begins. An absurd COVID-19 bill by radical leftist Rhode Island Senator Samuel W. Bell says 
that residents who refuse the vaccine and its booster shots are subjected to fines and pay more income tax unless they receive an exemption. Bell introduced Rhode Island Senate Bill S-2552 on March 1st. As of last week, the bill had not been passed into law, and it's currently in review by the Senate Health and Human Services Committee. S-2552 states, Eligible Rhode Island residents would have to be vaccinated against COVID. If they reject, they could face a $50 monthly fine and pay double the state income tax. There are also fines for unvaccinated children under the age of 16 that would be imposed on the parents. Text from the bill reads, This act would mandate all residents 16 years or older to be vaccinated against COVID-19. Hasn't this dude got the memo that COVID's over? (laughs) If a resident under 16 years of age... The resident would be required to be immunized against COVID-19 with the responsibility for ensuring compliance falling on all parents or guardians with medical consent powers. Someone needs to remind him that he should be writing bills about Ukraine at this point in time. Additionally, any person who violates this chapter would be required to pay a monthly civil penalty of $50 and would owe twice the amount of personal income taxes. Rhode Island must be hurting. Hmm. Rhode Island must be uh, totalitarian. I, I, this is a ridiculous proposal. Honest, okay, so here's the weird thing that goes through my head when I hear that from the captain. There's going to be an exodus from Rhode Island, and those yahoos are going to come up here for freedom. Cool. Maybe. I mean, if, like, I don't want, I want freedom lovers here. I don't want just, I don't want refugees. Look, if you're going right, right. to pick up stakes and move somewhere, okay. I mean, honestly, I, I want at a that point, like, if you are that devoted to not, getting a, to not getting a shot or not paying the extra taxes, okay, I mean, you're moving for the right reason. If you're picking up stakes, I'd like a T-bone, if not a porterhouse. Oh, porterhouse. Well, I would just like to say that this is the price of living in a civil society is that they get to own you and tell you what to do. Right. Like the captain said, I I don't I'm not closed borders necessarily, but refugee status like that, you know. Yeah. I mean, as far as the freedom movement is concerned, we want freedom oriented people who are ready to do something. Who, who don't want to be the person who sat around and did nothing while all of this crazy crap goes down. You you want to be a part of the solution. That's the kind of people we want in the freedom movement. We don't, like, I mean, you know, if there have to be refugees because, you know, Massachusetts is, well, Massachusetts, you know, okay, but that's not what the freedom movement here in New Hampshire is about. The freedom movement here in New Hampshire is about bringing people who love freedom, who love liberty, and want to create a place where for people who love liberty and freedom to right. be. Because there should be one place, if not more, but there should be at least one place where people like us can go and be left the frick alone. Right. Because the refugees are going to come up here and go like, well, I didn't get my shot, but you still need a permit for that firearm. I don't want that um, guy. I, I don't think you're right on that one. Okay. So, and the thing is, like, a lot of this has been a political divide. So, like, if Trump had come out and been like, 
hugely pro-mask and hugely in favor of the vaccine. He was. Operation Warp Speed. He gets he gets literally booed when he talks about these things. Understood. Now, which is why it doesn't matter. He put it in been like super in favor of it. I'm pretty sure the left would have been masks are dumb, and their whole thing would have been not wearing masks. Uh, but if Trump had won, you would have seen that. But that's but that's not how this shook out. All so, the more so reason the people, that, the people that are coming up here from Rhode Island because of this are not going to regulate your gun ownership. Now, know, they man. are, on the other hand, going to make sure that pot never gets legalized, and they might recriminalize well, the, that. Well, the New Hampshire uh, legislation is already doing a, a fantastic job of preventing uh, marijuana legalization, that as they the did the other day. Yeah, it's one of the few things that gets marked ought to pass and still doesn't get passed. This guy, though, Samuel Bell, Sam, what was his actual, what was his? Samuel W. Bell, the W is for wussy. I don't know what it's for, really. Samuel W. Bell. He says, the reason I introduced the bill is we have a crisis with the pandemic. Really, Samuel? Do we really? That's what I'm saying. He didn't get the memo. It's Ukraine now. He says, thousands of Rhode Islanders have died. He doesn't say because of COVID. He just says they've died. That's going to happen. The baby boomers, they're dying. I have had really painful calls from constituents who can't go to the store. We'll tell you what else Samuel L. Bell said. Coming up here on Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. Are you willing to have your taxes doubled to remain unvaxxed? More coming up. And we're back. Yes, we are back. It is free talk live we're alive that's right live 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 from king new hampshire it's sunday night sunday 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 we sell you the whole seat but you'll only need the edge monster truck jamboree and radio show that's right we are a radio show on close to 200 radio stations plus the internet and some satellite stations so in that respect we're worldwide bro and what do we talk about here? Uh, freedom, liberty, peace. Uh, how to achieve these things. That's the perspective that we come from. Phones are open, so you're welcome to talk about any subject that's on your mind. And in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Peakless Mountaineer. <laughs> Is that like the captain in Tanier? <laughs> and Richie Rich. <laughs> He's been stepping on the end of my name, so I figured I'd uh, make him stumble on that one. Uh, or sounded more like you stumbled on that one. Wait, who stepped on your name? No, no, it was intentional. Richie, okay. Richie Rich stepped Rich. on your name? Oh, because I've stepped on your name before. I've called you things like Meekless Pountaineer. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, that was just the one time, and it was meant in, in humor. So I hope your name you know, isn't butthurt. <laughs> It's not. It's nope. Beakless Mountaineer. I thought we were this. <laughs> Very good. Abiogenesis. Nice. Haberdashery. If you know what I'm saying. If you know what I mean. Uh, Free Talk Live's video archives have been over on Library for years already. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of that here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey. That's a video sharing website in competition with YouTube, and it's really taking off. So it's got over a million channels now, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, 
The Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes. Could be completely taken down at any time. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so now we're streaming video live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app over at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help to seed and keep it online forever. So go ahead and visit video.freetalklive.com. Follow us on Odyssey today. That's video.freetalklive.com. Seed, reseed, and seed. That's what we need. <laughs> oh, nice. I like the, yeah, yeah. Where others have failed, we will secede. That's, that's the tagline I invented and like to use. Uh, we're going to talk more about this insane politician named Senator Samuel W. Bell out of Rhode Island and his insane proposal. Uh, but first, let's go to your calls and thoughts. We have Eli calling from Pennsylvania. Eli, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Uh, hope everybody's having a good night. And, you know, looking at this kook from Rhode Island, it's just, it's not as crazy as you think when you look at the rest of the government and how they're acting towards this. Just they're normalizing people who they deem to be dissident as second-class citizens, you know, to the point where you're not allowed to shop at the same stores, you have to carry around a card, you have to show proof that you comply, essentially, or else you don't have the same standard of living. And just this is just the next step in what seems to be an ever-winding pathway. Pretty soon yeah, there'll be separate water fountains. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of how uh, in Islam they have a special tax for non-Muslims. So, like, they won't kill you for being Christian, but you will pay extra taxes. And again, this is a belief system. I mean, it has nothing to do with, like, the evidence or any of the real dangers. It has to do with you're not doing what we're doing. I mean, uh, the bottom line for me, of course, is uh, nobody has any right to put anything into my body without my consent. And if you want to violate that consent, you're wrong. And then they don't have the right to stop you from putting anything into your body. The opposite of that is also yeah. true. Eli? Exactly. And I think, you know, we're seeing it now where not only are they denying us that right, but they're normalizing it in society where more and more measures can be taken against people who don't toe the line with what they say. And people are stopped, you know, not going to lift a finger. They're not going to care. They're going to go along with life. and when people are being painted, you know, in different colors of, hey, you don't do this, you don't say this, so we're going to take said measure against you. We're going to ruin your life. You're never going to get a job again. You're never, and so on and so forth. They've also successfully people turned people affected. against each other. Yeah, yeah. It's it's institutionalized hate, in, in my opinion. Uh, you know, when there were, uh, you know, racial hate, right? Uh, you mentioned the separate water fountains, fountains yep. right? Uh, that was hatred, uh, institutionalized hatred on a race level, right? This is the same thing, but now instead of it being race, it's your medical status. It's your belief exactly. system, really. 
And, and I mean, like all of these things think. that you're not supposed to target people on, like their belief system or their race. Well, I mean, even the racial angle. I know that in in New York, the the uh, racial disparity of not getting the vaccine is huge. It is mostly black and brown people that haven't gotten it in New York. I wonder if it's the same, like uh, as far as their proportions in in Rhode Island. Probably because they remember that they were targeted for experimentation before as well, right? Uh, I don't know if this is true, but I read today. I say don't, it on air. Anyway. I don't remember the source, but I read today that something like 400 uh, employees of the CDC are unvaccinated. Nice. Eli? Yeah, good for them. That's that's their choice, ultimately. And I don't know. I think it's, it's scary what we're seeing in the path that this is going down of, hey, you need to do exactly what the government says and similar with we're seeing this disinformation commission about <laughs> the ministry of training. truth. Well, exactly. here's the tough question. What do we do about knocking it? down my door? That is the tough that's question. Really, that's the hard question to answer because, you know, what's the political solution? Because either side is going to use it to their advantage. You know, you know, now they're going to be knocking down your door if you're not getting a vaccine. But if the other guys get in power, they're going to be knocking down your door if you're telling somebody, hey, it's okay if you like guys and you can like hold hands outside with them. It's, it's insane to the point where all of these institutions of power are being weaponized against everybody, yeah. no matter what side you're on. Yep. And that's, that's the scary part is what can you do when everybody's so willing to follow along with it or if not follow along, just shut their mouth and take it. Well, you can form your own society, which is very much what we've done here in New Hampshire. Yeah, and continue to do. Hey, thanks for the call, Eli. We appreciate you. Um, and, and he's absolutely right about it being one side or the other. Like uh, you're you're mentioning the we don't want the Rhode Islanders to you know uh, interfere with our gun rights, but the kind of uh, statism that that particular group does is a different kind of oppression. And right now they're they're being very libertarian because the 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 other team is in power and the other team is making a big deal about being authoritarian. But twenty years from now, it will absolutely. Be be reversed yeah it's uh, not only this article about this senator samuel w bell and his insane proposal uh, but it's the people who have gone along with it uh the people who uh, there's memes floating well, around he's on got the his internet. constituents asking for it the, the, allegedly memes floating around on the internet i'm paraphrasing them but they all say something like you know, when you read about history, like uh, the rise of like the Nazis and that kind of a thing, uh, you can see that the propaganda was pretty obviously propaganda. And you're like, how did these people ever fall for it? Like, I can't believe that people... And then you look at today's society and the propaganda that everybody's falling for and you go, oh my, insert deity here. Like, it, it, people are falling for it every day. People are look at what happened to families during like the lockdowns, right? People disowned other parts of their family because they, they wouldn't come over or couldn't, or like felt like they had to disowned people because they didn't see things the same way. Oh, I flew 6,000 miles and didn't go visit family. Right. Uh, and then, you know, systemically, of course, people were prevented 
from going and seeing like the elderly and you know their their homes and that kind of thing because oh we can't let COVID and you know that kind of a thing and then people started dying not of COVID but of loneliness because they couldn't have any freaking human contact and that's no way to behave in a society uh, particularly for something that <laughs> is a glorified version of a cold or flu. What was the IMF director talking about with uh, unintended consequences because we focused only on this one thing? Yeah, in all of these things, it's that same thing happening over and over again. More Free Talk Live is coming up. We'll talk about some other stuff, including a guy with nine wives. Yes, thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. It is Free Talk Live. Hour number three is kicking off right now in the studio. It is myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Peace, Mountaineer. Interrupting Cal. <laughs> and Richie Rich. <laughs> he was interrupting Cal, too. He just interrupted the, the, the F out of you. Do you feel interrupted? You're not girl interrupted. You're like you're like you're like mountaineer interrupted. Am I going to be interrupted if I answer? Maybe. <laughs> You'll certainly be interrupted by one of our calls. Welcome to Interrupt sure. Talk Live. <laughs> uh, we've been talking about a whole bunch of stuff, but uh, we have been talking about this insane Rhode Island senator Samuel W. Bell who says, uh, if you're not vaccinated, uh, you should be fined $50 a month, and you should also have to pay double your income tax. That's right. That's that's the entire thing. That's the whole yeah. bit. Whatever you're paying, just double it. I just you can wanna, afford that, right? I no? Just, get vexed. I just want to talk real quick about uh, a response uh, that somebody sent in uh, not to us, but to uh, whoever was writing the story over at Zero Hedge, Mr. Durden. Uh, they have a screenshot of it. You can go read it for yourself over there. But it says, hey, Bell, F you, F your socialism, F your Democratic Socialist Party, and F your families. You attack our kids, we attack yours. You attack our bank accounts, we attack yours. You effing communist. The vaccines are maiming and killing people all over the world. How many lawyers did the government have to hire to handle all the vaccine injury cases? Don't know. It's published. You effing communist. It goes on with many other colorful metaphors uh, and basically uh, calls this guy uh, exactly what he is. And I, I, I have to believe that there are many others who feel the same way. And so uh, we could continue talking about that. But first, I want to bring on Will, who's calling from New Hampshire. Will, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Today, I would like to talk about this insane crypto sick situation. And there's been a lot of new news in the last couple of weeks. But specifically, what I'd like to talk about is one of the plea agreement hearings uh, three weeks ago and what transpired there. Can we okay. refer to them as the crypto now? 
Uh, Cryptus? Oh. There's still six of them who okay. were arrested and otherwise, uh, right. you know, no-knock raided at 6 a.m. in their homes and that kind of a thing. So, uh, yeah, I think the, the name sticks. It's also, right. for folks not familiar with the situation, on March 16th of uh, last year, uh, the uh, a whole bunch of different federal goons got together and, and raided uh, a bunch of places, including this studio right here. You can read and uh, f- see videos and learn more over at thecrypto6.com. So, uh, Will, bring us up to speed and then, you know, talk about the thing you want to talk about. So, essentially, uh, the uh, federal government has been doing what they do as far as this prosecution. And about three weeks ago, the uh, First of the Crypto Six took a plea deal. A plea deal, I believe this was Andrew Spinella, mm-hmm. and I was not actually at this hearing, but one of our other local activists were, and it really it, something happened, which I think drives home how ridiculous this whole situation was. Essentially, they agreed that they would plead guilty to wire uh, to wired fraud um, in one exchange count, for the right? state dropping everything else, essentially. And I don't know what the details of this plea deal is, and ultimately the judge will decide in um, two months once the uh, hearing comes up. But the judge, in taking in all of the arguments from the state, asked what type of restitution was in order for this particular crime. And the state's response that purportedly was that restitution would not be in order because there was nothing taken of value from the bank who was the supposed victim. So, so, uh, so this person and this activist is going to, I don't know if there will be jail time or whatever this sentence happens to be, it will be for fraud when all parties involved, including the prosecutor, have stated that nothing was actually defrauded. And I think that is just actual craziness that drives home this entire um, prosecution of the Crypto Six. Let me, let me ask you a question real quick, Will, because I'm, I'm not following this as closely as you. Um, they entered into agreement, but has the plea actually been entered then? Because with that yes. information, right, I'd be like, well, if, if they can't prove damage, maybe I don't want to plead guilty to account of wire fraud. So the, so so the plea had been entered okay. and this was at the hearing at hearing where they entered that plea. Okay. Um, so after they enter their plea, the judge is taking in all of the information and one of those is that restitution was not in order because nothing was actually defrauded. Okay. I would say it would behoove the judge then to throw out the case immediately, right? Like that would be justice in that case. You're telling me you're bringing, you're trying to get him to plead guilty for fraud, and you can't prove any damages, and we're still, and you know, the state, the government is still going to accept a guilty plea. That's uh, a poor judge. That, I I would agree. That's what the judge should do. Um, that said, this is a judge is part of a system who is part of that same system who is pushing forward these charges. So I, I doubt that would actually happen. And we, but ultimately, we won't know for about eight weeks when the uh, sentencing hearing comes up. Yeah, this is a really good illustration of how insane the federal government is with regards to uh, victimless crimes. Uh, as you know, libertarians, anarchists, voluntarists, whatever, whatever term you know, we want to call ourselves, 
the general belief is no victim, no crime. And in fact, I would say that if you explain that to most people on planet Earth, they would agree. Oh, nobody has been harmed. No property damage has been done. Then there is no crime. And it sounds to me like this is the case here. Will, do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I doubt I doubt your average six year old would know the word defrauded, uh, defrauded or some of that um, terminology. However, if you were to break it down to your average six year old and say that someone is potentially going to jail for stealing something, even though nothing was actually stolen, I think your average six year old would see the logical fallacy there. I, and yet, it, it, this, uh, yet. With all the prestige and magistry of this court system, it's moving forward on that basis. Well, and it strikes me, so their job is to make the court look good. like they, And they've usually even taken an oath to that effect. And it seems to me that this makes the court look like an idiot. So, like, from my perspective... Like if it was if it was in a contract I was involved in, I would consider this judge to be in breach of contract because you're not upholding the court system. Now, on the other hand, what you are effectively doing is threatening people. What you are doing is intimidating people and you are making sure that normal people never get involved in anything innovative. Because if normal people get involved in something innovative, the government might decide that it doesn't like that and put you in jail for it. I've been to court a number of times for much lesser charges. And what I can say wholeheartedly from my experience is you don't go to court to get justice. Not in this country. Yeah, agreed. What do you think is going to happen you know, with this information, Will, I, I know you're following it closely. Uh, do you think that this information is going to be useful to the other defendants in the case? I hope the remaining two use it. Um, Look, they already can't it, prove that anyone's been harmed. Yeah, I have no, I have no, I have no idea. Now, when they did sign these things, um, I mean, the documents are public are publicly available on Pacer, which is the court system where you can pay, and they'll show you these court documents. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did end up signing a very lengthy plea agreement um, that says that they have to admit fault, that they will not um, afterwards say that they didn't actually do it or anything like that. I don't know how all of that will play with the other two remaining defendants, which is the and an Aria. Okay. 603-283-6160 is the phone number. If you'd like to join us here on Free Talk Live, more is coming up. Yes, we are back. It is Free Talk Live. We're a live radio program where you can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. The Eclipse Mountaineer. My turn. And Richie Rich. It's very good. Well done. You get two merits. Two merits. Two credits. Ooh. Uh, the telephone number is 603-283-6160. We'll get to your calls momentarily but Forkfest 2022 is coming up 
You can join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th annual ForkFest at Rogers Campground in the gorgeous White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, also known as ForkFest. So you got ForkFest followed by ForkFest. ForkFest takes place the week after ForkFest, but it is decentralized, which means there's no ticket cost for the event and no one is in charge of the event. So if you want to just come and hang out, you can do that. If you want to put something on, we encourage that. If you want to bring an event or something for others to enjoy, we encourage you to do that as well. All you have to do is reserve your camping site, RV site, or your motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. I can't think of a better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving people here in New Hampshire. You can find out more over at the unofficial website, forkfest.party where you can connect with other attendees. You can also use the Telegram and Matrix chat rooms that can all be found at forkfest.party. Again, forkfest.party. We hope to see you there. Come party, well, with us. All right, uh, we've been talking about Samuel W. Bell, the insane politician, senator, if you will, from Rhode Island, who has proposed... What did that one commenter call him again? <laughs> uh, uh, the okay. caller or the guy? No, the comment from the from the article. Oh, from the article, yeah, uh, a whole bunch An of Maffy Gaffer. Uh, <laughs> it's liter- That's what like, I was getting. I, I think of him as Senator Dumbbell, but okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, dingaling. All right, right, bells go ding. There you right, go. Yeah, okay. Uh, at any rate. Uh, we could talk more about that, but let's go to your calls and thoughts. First, we have Major Payne calling from Michigan. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, I'm here. Um, yes, my campfire compadres, may your stones be sound and your pokers be hot. All right. Um, <laughs> who's who's, so, who's playing uh, poker stone? I, I, Checker chest and poker. Well, yeah, you got to have. You, know, you don't want to pick river rocks because they can have water inside them and they will actually blow up when the fire gets too hot. Mm. At my favorite bar, it's there's always liquor available in the front, and then there's poker in the rear. There you go. Well, yeah, that was the old Western Saloon. What's on your mind, Major? Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I was married to a bell, this, this crazy guy from Rhode Island. And uh, it I, seems to me his, his name was John W. Bell, and he was uh, evidently was adopted by the Cherokee somewhere in late, 17 early 1800s okay. he was by recollection a big red-headed fellow so i'm figuring he was scotch maybe scotch irish sort of a peakless anyway, mountaineer looking guy <laughs> he rose to prominence among the among the cherokees and by the time the trail of tears came um he w- led half of the tribe when they decided to split it at a certain pass in the uh, appalachian mountains when they were marching to oklahoma and you know many many died but anyway, this guy was quite a, uh, uh, what would you call him, a whore dog, I guess. Okay. But uh, the uh, the Indians had, had a weird way. I mean, the, the squaws chose who they wanted to bet. So they would basically lift up the flap of your teepee and roll up underneath there if they wanted to have you. And uh, he was, you know, a great chief, so he had many, many squaws and many, many babies. So there's many, many bells. But one time he evidently offended the wrong squaw and she was an Indian witch. 
and she put her generational curse on them. And that's where the so, term squabble uh, comes from for couple disputes. Hmm. Squabble? Squabble. I've squabble. never heard that one. Oh, squabble? Oh, it's terrible. Oh, squabble. Yeah, Richie Rich is making a, a terrible pun. I'm waiting for the punchline yes, of the yes. story. Hey, I, I got thrown off the air last week for making pretty much such a statement. It was Well, no, it was, it was the repeated use of a word that starts with P and rhymes with this. Right, right, but I have used that. But I have never yep. used it twice. I, I know, but our, our producers were insistent, so. Right, right. Don't well, do it again. You know. it's, it's one of the seven words, man. The George Carlins, you know, don't say them. Yes. Don't it, say any of them, but it, it, it is one of it, them. It, it, it It's to them. But anyway, yeah, that's where a lot of the bells came from. And uh, as far as personality traits, my ex-wife was greedy and manipulative, so I think that's carrying on, too. Lord knows uh, how much weight all this old squaw carried, but there you go, and here we are. Do you think that uh, this Senator Samuel W. Bell is related to the... I do believe. Yeah. If, he, if, if he does a blood test and he's got some Cherokee in him, I guarantee he is. It's related to Elizabeth Warren. So what was the, uh, do believe. What was the curse, anyway? I don't know, dude. I wasn't there. Yeah, I, I just found out about a parent. What did say? This well, whole time, we thought that you were like the oldest guy to ever have lived. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, Captain, I think I got eight years on you. <laughs> Is that all? Feels like a saving, lot. Longer. I've been saving a '72 Cuda story for you. Oh, nice. I remember you brought that up one time. I did. I wrote in one. I taught one to be a flying fish. You wouldn't believe it. I shouldn't even be here talking to you. <laughs> All right, well, we'll have to uh, get around to that another time. Thanks for the call, Major. We appreciate it. <sighs> yeah, so uh, the other things uh, Mr. Bell said were, uh, the senator, he said, uh, the reason I introduced the bill is we have a crisis with the pandemic. Thousands of Rhode Islanders have died. I've had really painful calls from constituents who can't go to the store because they're immunocompromised, who have lost loved ones, loved ones to this pandemic, who are really ill and not fully recovered, suffering long-term effects. Okay, so uh, first of all... <laughs> and they're all going to get the exemption because they're too sick yeah, to if, get the vaccine. If, if somebody's immunocompromised, going to the store is always a risk for them. Right. Always. At any time. It always will be. Uh, and <laughs> all of the bad things that, uh, you know, folks like uh, Anthony Falsi, Fauci said were going to happen uh, regarding the pandemic didn't. Right. So, you know, the deaths have tapered off. The masks, of course, were ineffective. We knew that a long time ago uh, and all that kind of thing. Uh, the article continues. Bell has faced harsh criticism for the introduction of the bill. Uh, we talked about the <laughs> the email that, that he received. Wait, he had all those constituents calling in and he's facing harsh criticism? Yeah. Where's his constituents? Right. Mm. Uh, the article continues, subjecting adults to fines and more taxes for not being vaxxed or even their kids not being vaxxed is a significant overreach by government. Also, the vaccine itself is not risk-free, particularly for children. 603-283-6160 is the phone number here. Would you want your taxes doubled if your children aren't vaccinated? Give us a call. More Free Talk Live is coming up.
we're back. A little more enthusiasm. And we're back. Yes, thank you. All right. Yes, we are back. It is Free Talk Live, the Sunday night edition. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. That is the number. We'll get to your calls and thoughts momentarily. But first, I need to say thank you to Brianna Hansen. Brianna is a silver level amplifier. And that means uh, she donates $5 over at amps.freetalklive.com. A-M-P-S.freetalklive.com. What is AMPS? Well, we refer to it as the Amplifier Program. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. And if you enjoy this show, this radio program that you're listening to, if you enjoy the hosts, the co-hosts, the topics, the speakers, the callers, if you find value in that and you want to see the message of freedom, peace, liberty, spread further why you can help us get this show onto more radio stations and promote this show uh, online and on satellite by becoming an amplifier over at amps.freetalklive.com. It's a Patreon-type page. We only ask for 5 bucks. There's different levels. You can give more if you like. If you're feeling generous, we appreciate it. But I want to say thank you to Brianna Hansen. We appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Uh, moving right along, let's go to your calls and thoughts. Let's first go to David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hell's Bells. Hey, uh, that's funny. I, I actually know those girls, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, there is an all-female ACDC tribute band uh, called, oh, yeah. called Hell's Bells, B-E-L-L-E-S. Nice. And uh, they are great. They're the only uh, ACDC tribute band to be endorsed by ACDC themselves. So ACDC has come out and said, these chicks rock, you have our blessing and our endorsement. That is cool. Anyway, what's on your mind, David? Yeah, thanks for reminding me. I, I saw them on the, on the web one time. Somebody was doing a, like a periscope or something like that. I saw them. They're, yeah, they're good. Um, so, well, that explains where the, the, uh, the Ma Bell and all the Baby Bells came from, too, I guess, the major pain story. Bunch of ding-dongs? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, a bunch of ding-dongs. So, uh, white hat judges. Uh, what do you got against white hat judges? Everything. Well, so everything. So it's impossible for a white hat judge to be consistently white hat because they're employed by an agency of violence and coercion. Yeah, true. They got that 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 one major obstacle. Yes, but there's still is a lot of things that a person can do within the system. I mean, put it this way, if you're, and, for, and first of all, I'm talking about last night I had mentioned in uh, New Mexico, Albuquerque, the Metro Court, since I rag on bad judges all the time, I thought I'd throw in a few good ones for once, and Frank Cedillo and um, Victor Valdez and Maria Dominguez, all at the Metro Court, uh, uh, coincidentally, um, I've had positive experiences w- with them, and that's before they ever ruled in my favor, that they were treating me as a uh, treating me as a human being, treating me decently, um, in, and not just in very shallow ways, but in meaningful ways. Yeah. So Frank Frank Cedillo, Maria Dominguez, and Victor Valdez. So, but yeah, they they they. It's hard for 
uh, a good judge to overcome the bad of the system. They can do a bunch of little things that uh, actually, well, actually, they're not so little. They can do some pretty major things if you if you really want to dissect it. Oh, very, um, yeah. But even yeah, even but, to the to the extent that uh, libertarians, generally speaking, uh, all have a very fond. Uh, sentiment for uh, the former politician and Dr. Ron Paul. Now, Ron Paul uh, was responsible for bringing many people to the ideas of liberty, freedom, uh, libertarians, but anarchists. But held them in the context of the state. But, well, he himself was a slave to statism, and that is to say that while he said a bunch of good stuff and he generally voted no on everything that he said he would vote no on, the things that he did pass were filled with pork, right? So uh, what? And, well, I'm just saying that he well, participated. And he put his own pork well, like, okay, in the so, No, hang on, so, hang on, well, hang on. No, no, no. Hang on. I mean, like, on, let in me fact, like, wouldn't let that make it less likely that they May pass? I finish? May I finish? I'm just saying okay, Ron, that bro. he was responsible for statist activities that forced other people to do things that they didn't want to do because of the position that he held. When you are an employee of government, you cannot help but force other people to do other people's desires. It's just a part of the organization. This isn't a rag on Ron Paul. This is just a fact that you can be the best possible person. You can be the most principled person on planet Earth. And as soon as you start getting a paycheck from a government entity, you are indeed forcing other people to somebody else's preference, regardless of whether you're a white hat like Ron Paul or, as David considers these judges to be white hats, it's impossible for them to be 100% on their principles because they're employed by an agency that is not principled and, in fact, is based in violence and coercion. That's all I, I'm saying. I was in a recent conversation with an angel and it came like, how anti-state are you? Mm-hmm. Right? Because there was a, there, uh, locally there was like an accident on the freeway here and it was like a cop cruiser that got smashed. And I went, good. Like, what, what do you mean? What if it was like a good cop? I'm like, I There hate, aren't any. Right. But I said, I hate the state and state is so much. I would have the same reaction if it turned out to be a public school teacher because they get a paycheck from the state and that's enough for me. Yep. David like, no, no white hats there. Yeah, that, that, yeah, point's been basically made. So, you know, once again, that's Frank Cedillo, Maria Dominguez and Victor Valdez deserve, you know, a a round of applause for uh, being um, decent, being decent decent to you. Ooh. Right. Well, some some insertions come with lubrication, and that's what this is. <laughs> we appreciate the call, David. Thank you. Did you have more to say about Ron Paul? Yeah, I, I feel like I cut you off, yeah, and I didn't I, want. To, we I just wanted kinda, to finish my thought. Yeah, we were kind of sorry for talking over. It, it's a, a, an argument that I've heard several times uh, as far as a critique of Ron Paul, and I don't think that it really holds a lot of merit. So, I mean, number one. It's it's okay. Here's a bill that I don't want to pass that I'm going to vote against, but I'm going to put stuff in it so that I can keep my position. Right. Okay. Also, doesn't how principled more stuff is that? In it? Look, he puts okay. Pork- so 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 there's uh so imagine if you will that I have a, a printing press. I'm going to print up some hundred dollar bills. 
There's going to be $1 million or getting added in one way or another. Now, is it a better thing if I hand those out to freedom-loving people as opposed to at random or even pro-communism people? I don't think Ron Paul gets to choose. I don't think he gets to insert stuff into that bill that says, well, a bigger percentage of that goes to my constituents in Texas, but I'm going to vote no so I can maintain my doctor no status, even though I know it's going to pass. Like, uh, I see nothing wrong with that. Okay. Like, okay, so if this is getting printed up anyway, it's a better thing that it goes to more liberty. Okay. So here's, here's Also, having more of it in there makes it less likely to pass. So libertarians should get jobs working for the state so they can put their retirement towards activist activities then. I don't follow you at all. I, I see what you're saying. Here's my take on it. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I was a statist. No. Once upon a time. And coming out of the fog of statism is a difficult thing for a human being to do. You have to be able to be honest with yourself. You have to be able to see uh, the principle and follow it, whether or not something is, is principled through a process that is akin to uh, rewiring yourself. The bottom line is I would much rather have had Ron Paul than not. Right? Does that mean he was 100% principled in all of his actions? No. In fact, quite the opposite. And so we were critiquing him in those areas. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. And we're back. We are back. It is Free Talk Live. The telephone number is 603. Well, you don't need it anyway. It's the, fi- it's the final segment. 603-283-6160. If you're not already on hold, you're likely not going to get on the air tonight. Write it down in case you're listening to this later on that's the archives. Right. Uh, you want to call in later when we are live. 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, seven days a week. So if you've tried to call tonight, you weren't able to get through, we're here seven nights a week. It's always better to try and call earlier, too. So if you can, you know, make your call in, you know, in the first hour of the program, generally we get to more callers, whereas for whatever reason in the last hour of the program, generally we get more callers. So if you really want to make sure you get on, the earlier you call, the better. But we are here seven nights a week. There's different hosts and co-hosts and that kind of a thing, but you can bring up whatever you want. It's called Free Talk Live for that reason. And in the studio, it's myself, the captain. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. Uh, let's go right away to Josie, who is calling from Virginia. Josie, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Good evening to you both, or all, however many you are. <laughs> yeah, there's there's three, but it's okay. What's on your mind, Josie? Uh, well, I'm calling because there was someone who said if you're not vaccinated, you should be, you know, this and that and the other thing happening to you. Senator uh, Samuel out, W. Bell was the person, and I just like to say his name over and over again so people know who he is. Well, he's a hell's bell, that's for sure. He is. Uh, he, he just doesn't know something that's really important, and that is how dangerous these vaccines are. And in my or does wonderful he? magazine called Health Freedom News, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess for those who have computers, you go to the NHF or the National Health Federation, the NHF.com. And anyway, there is a German, was it was was a German chemist who, his name is Dr. Andreas Noack. 
and he was one of the European Union's top graphene and carbon experts. Mm -hmm. And you know that's in the vaccine, Mm -hmm. this graphene. I I actually don't know what's in the vaccine, to be honest. Well, it's a good idea to know it. (laughs) Could be that graphene's in there. I don't know. Well, it is in there, apparently. Uh, he Anyway, this uh, Dr. Nowak formulated his doctoral thesis, converting the graphene oxide into graphene hydro, hydroxide. And he examined the vaccines, uh, along with other experts, not just him, found that they contained this graphene hydroxide. Okay. Uh, now, what he released on November, uh, last November, Dr. Nowak released a video explaining what vaccine hydroxide is and how the nanostructures injected into the human body act as razor blades inside the veins of the vaccine recipients. Would you like that in your system? Not particularly. Dr. Nowak goes on to explain that because of the nano size of this uh, oxide, that um, they would not show up on an autopsy as toxologists can imagine that there are structures that can cut up blood vessels, causing people to bleed to death on the inside. So they would not be looking for them, of course, given to their atomic size. So after speaking out about graphene hydroxide um, vaccines on a live stream broadcast, Dr. Uh, Noak was arrested on film by German police. They're not good for uh, freedom of speech either. And on November 26, 2021, last November, Dr. Noak was um, attacked and murdered, and his case remains unsolved. So the conclusion they're drawing here on this magazine is that uh, there is graphene hydroxide in the vaccine, and he was assassinated for speaking the truth about it. Wow. I mean, it's like, wow. Now, the other thing, if I have enough time to ask you, this is another subject, what would you do about the situation down south of the border with the um, massive invasion that we're about to have happen to us? What's your opinion what we would do about it? Well, so first of all, let's let's talk about why do you think there's going to be a massive invasion? What's going on that makes you believe that there will be? Well, they're talking about re- removing Title 42, which was uh, some sort of a, a way to keep uh, uh, some some reasoning why we couldn't have that many. All I know is there are not enough border guards to to deal with this. And we have a massing, going to be massing on our border if they're not there already. So uh, you're talking about uh, illegal immigrants, is that right? Illegal immigrants all over, and they're about to just rush across, and we don't have enough people. They're just waiting for the ref to blow the whistle to start the play. And then, bam, they're coming. If if someone is invading your house, you would probably shoot them. There's (laughs) a difference between you know, my house and the imaginary border between two countries. There's a, a pretty big difference. So what about the people that have been bringing them there, the traffic, human traffickers and people like that? They're so horrible. They're very See? innovative in their techniques. Well, okay. First it's of admirable. all, first of all, people who wish to, you know, move from one piece of dirt to another piece of dirt to improve their lives are doing so on a voluntary basis. Must have come from right? Rhode Island, man. 
Uh, monster coming from Rhode well, Island, right? and, and frankly, none of this would be a problem if it weren't for all of these people that believe that voting really does give people the, the ability to morally decide who lives and dies. Yeah, I, I have nothing wow. against people seeking a better life for themselves. Uh, right. I, 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 you know, it, the imaginary border is just that it's it's imaginary. So well, the other thing, this well, way. well, hang on, hang on, went hunting. In Eagle Pass, Texas, and by the way, they've come all the way from El Paso or wherever up to Eagle Pass. They're strewing the place with uh, traf- trash, but that's not the worst of it. Yeah. So, anyway, so hang, hang so on, hang on, Josie. Josie, hang this. on. I'm going to put you on hold. So I, I don't have a problem with people, you know, moving from one piece of dirt to another to try and improve their lives, particularly if they're doing it voluntarily. I've also been alive, I, I think Josie might be older than me, I, I, if my memory serves, but I've also been alive long enough to have heard this cry no less than three times, if not a half a dozen times over the course of my life, where, oh my gosh, there's something going on, and there's a convoy of immigrants, and they're just, they're going to bum rush the border, they're coming from everywhere. And, it's a and, caravan. And like, that actually never occurs the 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 bum rush never actually happens there's not this overwhelming quantity of illegal immigrants you know overflowing on the borders you know you would see well, that okay. well what would that yeah what would that look like to you then what would it look like to me if there were i mean well i, I mean are you picturing like at the at the border checkpoint that the border guards are just overrun and overwhelmed. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of like running Mexicans just storming. Yeah, or or okay. even at like a, a border town like uh let's see. Uh, Doug Stanhope lives in Brisbee, Arizona, which I believe is a border town bordering on Mexico. Okay. And uh he comments from time to time on yep, sure enough, he'll see some some immigrants coming across the border, you know, and that kind of a thing or he'll he'll be able to identify. But there's never like an overwhelming bum rush of these people, you know, nothing like that ever really occurs. It's just this stream of people. And then there's a also, trickle instead it, of a flood. Yes. Okay. And then there's also sort of the opposite thing that occurs. And that is like take with the, uh, the recent hike in gas prices that the United States has seen. Uh, there's an opposite effect going on where people from the United States are driving south of the border into Mexico to get less expensive gasoline in Mexico. And the Mexicans had a problem with that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Of course they okay. did, especially after all the hubbub of you know, the United States. The Americans States are using people. all of our gas. Right, yeah. So it's it's not a one-sided topic. Now, if you take away countries, states, if you will, if you take away these imaginary borders, it's just people moving. Why do I have anything against people moving? I moved from Seattle, Washington to Keene, New Hampshire to better my life, to be around more freedom-oriented people, to you know, be amongst a community of people who wanted to make a change to their lives and the lives of others to make them more free. Anybody have a problem with that between all of the 3,000 or so miles that I traveled? No. Why? Because you're doing it for more freedom, not less. Aren't they doing it for more freedom? These these immigrants coming from the South? Aren't they trying to be more free, more wealthy, to make their lives better? Generally, yes. Okay. 
Well, and the usual argument that I hear about this is for voting purposes, and that wouldn't be a problem if you didn't give voting all of this imaginary power to defy morality. Hey, Josie, thanks for the call. We appreciate you. I'd love to talk more about this and everything else, but sadly we are out of time for this episode of Free Talk Live. If you missed any part of our program, you can catch the replay over at freetalklive.com or on your favorite podcast catcher. Thanks and peace. Peace.